I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Miltite. This time... America's midterm elections are coming up in a few weeks, and plenty of women are running for political office for the first time. They're stepping away from their regular jobs to campaign. person of color and a Democrat has never won this seat. I don't think anybody's ever run for this seat. Just because of my party affiliation, people assume they know everything about me. But I am the next generation of Republicans. I'm not what we see right now. Coming up on The Broad Experience. My first guest is part of a wave of black women running for office in a southern state known for its good old boy network. My name's Susanna Coleman, and I am an attorney, and I am running for Alabama House District 15. Alabama played a big part in the U.S. civil rights movement. Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat on the bus in Montgomery, the state capital. Then there were the Birmingham church bombings in the early 60s. Four young African-American girls were killed by the Ku Klux Klan in a backlash against civil rights. Susanna didn't grow up in Alabama, but it was her dad's home state. Her parents spent their working lives in Ohio, and when they retired from Ohio to the warmth of Alabama... Susanna went with them. She attended college there, and she's lived there ever since. Susanna's district is about 28 miles from Birmingham. Susanna describes it as pretty rural, or a combination of suburban and rural. She's getting to know more and more people as she campaigns, something she says she enjoys partly because of what she used to do before she became a lawyer. I'm also a licensed social worker. I did that for approximately 15 years before I started practicing. Susanna just turned 46 as I was putting this show together. She's been married for years. Her husband is a truck driver. I have two kids. Her son is 21. Her daughter's 15. She says she never saw herself running for office. But like a lot of other Democratic women who are running, she says the outcome of the 2016 election spurred her on. Alabama voted big for Donald Trump. It was difficult, but... You know, having kids, you, you try to not take the negative, at least for me, uh, trying to be a responsible parent is trying to, you know, see the, the brighter side of things. That was kind of hard to find. But I will say that, you know, I insisted that even on Facebook, we need to pray for this person. He's in the position now, regardless of how it happened. This is, this is what we have. Still, praying wasn't enough. She was spending a lot of time on social media lamenting the Trump presidency when she realized, I'm not really doing anything here. I'm just talking. And social media was a swirl of negativity. She didn't know what to tell her daughter in particular about the new president. 
He was already making blunt comments about immigrants, people with disabilities, the kinds of people who'd been Susanna's clients over the years. I really didn't know what much to say other than, you know, hey, we got to focus on local, our local community. You know, we we have to do what we can do to change things. That's when she thought, well, why not try to actually change things myself? Susanna would love to increase funding for the education system. Alabama comes near the bottom of the rankings when it comes to educational attainment. She says the infrastructure is in terrible shape in her area. Ambulances and fire trucks have trouble getting to people because local roads can be so bad. She wants to improve health care, particularly mental health care. She ran totally unchallenged in the primary earlier this year. No other Democrat was interested in running. Her opponent is a Republican 20 years older than her. He's held the seat since 2010. She says the very fact that she is not the average candidate has raised some interest and probably some gossip. Because, you know, it's historic. So, you know, a person of color and, and a Democrat has never won this seat. I don't think anybody's ever run for this seat. Democrat, I mean, or person of color. So from that perspective, you, you know that there has to be some backroom talk. She says she hasn't heard anything nasty, though, and she's feeling increasingly confident about her campaign. When I first started off, I you know, thought to myself, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? How what do I have to offer? But then, you know, as you look at it, you're like, why? I'm qualified. You know, I've I've been to been able to go over some hurdles that a lot of people haven't, you know, Um, and why not me? So I could be at a disadvantage, but I'm hopeful that people are ready for change. I mean, they see what's going on in our legislature, the people who have been indicted, the corruption, everything that, you know, has happened. From a philandering governor who used state funds to try to cover up his affair to a prominent politician jailed for corruption, to the Senate race last year, where Republican candidate Roy Moore was accused of initiating sexual contact with minors years before. And I think that people may silently be ready for change. I'm not sure that outwardly they may express that, but we get the feeling, those of us uh, Democrats running right now, that people might be ready for new leadership. Well, tell me, I, I want to ask a follow-up question to that, but but let me just go back to something you just mentioned, which is having been through some hurdles and, and that that partly that's what helps make you qualified. I mean, what what have you been through in, in life that you think helps set you up for this journey? Well, you know, looking back, there there are a lot of things that I had no idea I would be doing this 10 years ago but that I can look back and say, oh my gosh, well, this is why this happened. Um, You know, my parents both passed away uh, two years apart from each other before we moved to Jefferson County. Susanna is an only child, and she was very close to her parents, a mechanic and a food worker. Her father died when she was 29, her mother when she was 31. They used to offer emotional and practical help. So, you know, just having to manage life, you know, kind of without your your biggest supporters has been enormously challenging. I went to grad school and had my son and, you know, we were married. My my parents were very instrumental in in making sure that I got through um, my grad school program because they they watched him a lot while I was having to, to study. 
And I, you know, I'm obviously a glutton for punishment because there I go. I did the same thing back through law school. And I worked the entire time. So I worked all four years. I was a therapist um, at a residential facility. I studied on weekends. I briefed cases. And, you know, I had to study for the bar with the family. I think I've proven myself. Still, she is up against a long-time incumbent in a traditionally red state. I mean, how does it feel to be out there on the trail, knocking on doors, going up against this guy who's been there for eight years? I mean, how's it going? I think it's going really well. We've had some positive feedback. Um, It's hot. (laughs) It's really hot. When we spoke, it was still high summer and temperatures in Alabama were in the mid-90s Fahrenheit. Susanna and her team have tried to get out by 10 a.m. for a few hours and then again once the sun started to go down. My volunteers have been great and we just we just go door knock. I think the reception has been good. I, I think it's been good. I think people are curious. People out here, quite frankly, in the district are probably not used to people campaigning. So when you go knock on their door, a lot of them won't answer. So I just hang a door hanger on their door. You know, sorry, we missed you. Um, but those that open the door, everyone's like, they're shocked. They're like, are you, are you the candidate? No, yeah, I, I am. I'm out here hot and sweaty and, you know, pretty disgusting with everybody else. But, you know, it matters. And I, I've had people to come to the door that some were, you know, so I vote Republican. But you know what? I can't believe you came and asked for my vote personally, and that really matters to me. So I really want to connect with as many people as possible. And I always ask them to, you know, spread the word and to check me out, you know, before they offer their support. But I do ask for, you know, for their support November 6th. As I said earlier, Susanna is one of dozens of African-American women running for state or local office in Alabama this November. Nearly every one of them is a Democrat. Hers is a majority white district in a conservative state. I couldn't help wondering how much she thinks about her identity or not while she's on the trail. Well, you know, when I'm doing events, I, I mean, I think in the back of your mind, you're, you're always cognizant of it. And that's sad. And so when I think that, you know, because I'm, because I'm black, um, because I'm, I'm a woman, you know, I should feel uncomfortable. But I think that's the, that's the barrier we're trying to break. That's what we're trying to get past, that this is unusual. It shouldn't be unusual. I've been a registered voter since I was 18 years old. I live in this community. I work in the community. Why is it unusual? And I think that's what we're trying to get past. And I know each of us has our own, you know, story and struggle with with the whole identity thing, um, you know, you're, you're a black female, but we also know that we have to do this because just like with civil rights, coming behind us could be greater, is going to be greater, and we know that. Um, so it's not about, for me, being the black female candidate. It's, for me, about being the most qualified candidate, the candidate who has a heart for people and I truly care about issues and I want to work with other people regardless of you know who's in the legislature I want to be able to work with them I want us to be able to accomplish some things instead of just going down you know wasting money uh, or time she says more and more she thinks of herself as just the candidate someone who can do this 
I've had to grow into that. It doesn't come easy every day either. Uh, there are some days when I feel like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? These people are never going to accept me to, yes, I can do this. You know, look at what people have been able to accomplish before me. You know, I've got some big shoes to fill, but why not me? And then all the while, I've got, you know, these 15-year-old eyes looking at me, trying to see how I'm going to react to the challenges each day. And, you know, she's, she's very wise. My daughter, is. she's been with me most of the time. And she'll say, why did you even care about that person? Or why did you even care about somebody saying this or that about you? You know, you're, you're doing the right thing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Two thousand miles away in San Diego, California, Morgan Murtagh is also running for office. She's twenty-six. She grew up in San Diego, and she's running as a Republican. She's campaigning for a seat that a Democratic Congresswoman has held since Morgan was nine years old. She says a lot of Californians are sick of what she describes as excessive spending and petty laws that interfere too much with people's lives. It's just a lot of bureaucracy. And I think people are fed up with the government meticulously telling them what to do on every aspect of life. She's taken a leave of absence from her job at One American News Network to run. It's a conservative cable channel. When we spoke, she just rushed from an event to visit her grandmother. She did the interview at her grandma's house. And her grandmother was born and raised over the border. My grandparents immigrated to the United States from Mexico 50 years ago. And because of that, I, I mean, I don't look Latina, but I, I am. I'm the whitest Mexican you'll ever meet. <laughs> no, not the whitest, but I'm one of them. And I, um, yeah, so I, I grew up with that culture. And my dad is actually a homicide detective for the sheriff's department. He just retired recently. And so I grew up with a law enforcement background as well. Morgan went to Catholic school. Then she attended a nearby community college. And while she was there, she started working for the Navy. San Diego is a huge naval base. And basically, I worked in the front office for a three-star admiral, and I helped coordinate his events and schedule that kind of stuff. I was the only civilian in that, in that office. So that was really uh, eye-opening. I learned a lot about our Navy in that position. Then she transferred to George Washington University in Washington, D.C., did a lot of internships on Capitol Hill. And then after that, I worked on Carly Fiorina's presidential campaign right out of college. Fiorina is one of her idols. Morgan would have loved to have seen her become president. She says her parents raised her to be open-minded, to consider all sides of an issue. 
But as she got older, she realised she was conservative in some areas, particularly spending. Otherwise, she says... Especially as a millennial, I grew up learning, you know, about the environment and the impact that we, we have on the environment. I grew up accepting everyone around me. My aunt is gay and married. And so I've been, I grew up very socially accepting, but fiscally conservative. California is largely a blue state. And Morgan's Democratic opponent on November 6th has been in her role for 17 years. She's been re-elected time and again. But like Susanna, Morgan thinks it may just take an energetic push from some new blood to change people's minds. She's local. She loves San Diego. She's been active in politics since she was a teenager. What's the reception from your peers? And also, I'm really curious, as you're a young woman, what the res- if, you, if you get a different reception from men and from women. So my peers are very excited. I find that millennials are excited to have a voice that, is, that understands them running for office. And I think that the biggest pushback I'm seeing are from older white men. <laughs> it's just, it, regardless of party, that's the, that's the general like, group that look at me and their first thing, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, are you even old enough to run for office? And to me, that you wouldn't say, you wouldn't look at an old person and say, you're a little too old to still be running for office. So why would you look at someone who is been qualified, who ran a race and made it past the primaries and say, look at them and say, are you even old enough to run for office? I have to say, you know, you're, I know the incumbent's been there for a, a very long time, as, as you mentioned. I mean, do you think you have what it takes to unseat such a long time incumbent? I mean, how hopeful are you? I know it's an uphill battle. But the fact of the matter is, I've, I've put my entire heart into this and I've been going door to door I have been talking to people I've been going to farmers markets I've been going to concerts I've been going to um, parades I went to pride I've just been out in the community constantly meeting people constantly telling them who I am and I've been getting a great response and I know that it's an uphill battle and I know that it's a long shot but I also know that it's possible When I last checked, she had more than 52,000 Twitter followers, and she's not just getting out there in the usual ways. She's combined earning a bit of money to pay the bills with campaigning. She's working for the food delivery service Postmates. I deliver people's food and I say, by the way, I'm running to be your next congresswoman. Here's my card. Like Susanna, she says she doesn't focus on party when she meets people. I don't ask people, are you a Democrat or are you a Republican? I don't ask that. And most people don't ask that to me either. That's the, that's the fun thing. I just go, people, go up to people, tell them who I am, tell them where I stand on the issues that matter to them. I always ask people what their number one issue is, and I, and I tell them where I stand. And I, I've found that maybe 25%, I would say less than 25% of people ask if I, what, where my, what my party affiliation is. But other than that, no one asks. No one cares. It's all about who you are as a person. But of course, some issues really do divide people, and abortion is one of them. I assumed Morgan was anti-abortion. Yes, I believe that life begins at conception, but then I also, it's, it's a very complicated issue. There, 
I also believe that if we're if we put abortions underground, just like with any other thing, we're putting a lot of people's lives at risk as well. So there's like a fine balance that we have to, even though I'm morally opposed to them and I believe that it it is murder, um, I also believe that we need to find a way to make sure that everyone is safe. She didn't vote for Donald Trump in the last election or Hillary Clinton. She cast her vote for a third party. She says she supports some of the president's policies like tax reform, but she doesn't like the guy himself. She says she's running for two main reasons. One, she thinks the congresswoman she wants to replace is out of touch with a lot of San Diegans. But two, she wants more people in their 20s and 30s to run for office. Millennials will be the biggest voting bloc in the US before long, but there are very few young politicians. Though you may have heard of one aspiring congresswoman. She's getting all this attention. Morgan is talking about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She won an upset victory in the New York primaries over a much older, longtime congressman. Her district covers parts of the Bronx and Queens. She describes herself as a democratic socialist, and she's had a lot of press attention. She's turning 29 this month. Meanwhile, I am the youngest person in the nation running for Congress, And if I win, I will be the youngest woman ever elected to Congress. But everyone wants to focus on New York. And the thing is, I mean, it's a little bit frustrating to me because just because of of my party affiliation, people assume everything. They assume they know everything about me. But I am the next generation of Republicans. I'm not what we see right now. I'm fiscally conservative, but I'm socially liberal. I'm very environmentally friendly. We're a new type of Republican, and a lot of millennial Republicans are like this. And so my goal is to really change people's perspectives on what it means and focus on issues like the economy and border security and national security and focus on what most people agree on. Instead of the social issues... She doesn't really have a plan B if she doesn't win next month. I'll see where life takes me next. But right now I'm focused on November. If she does, she will pack her bags and set out for D.C. again, this time as a congresswoman. Last time when she was there as a student, she couldn't afford a car, so she leased one through Uber and drove for them. She hopes she'll have her own car if she makes it this time. That would be very fun, though. Think about that, a member of Congress picking you up in an Uber. Morgan Murta. Thanks to her and Susanna Coleman for being my guests on this show. I'll have photos of both candidates on the page for this episode at thebroadexperience.com. And thanks to Andrew Yeager for taping my interview with Susanna Coleman and Margot Wall for taping the conversation with Morgan Murta. That's The Broad Experience for this time. If you have a comment, you can post it via the website or email me or tweet me. I'd love to hear from you. I'm Ashley Milne-Tite. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Hey. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.